Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, God instituted the family unit as the unit for operating in this earth. It's as old as humanity itself. He called the act of bringing together a man and a woman to create a family unit, marriage. Amen? Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good already. But with the marriage as the only God-certified family unit in existence, it's also important to note that the devil will do everything he can to try and disrupt the marriage. Who do you think is behind all this gender dysphoria going on right now and all that stuff? Who do you think is behind the rise in divorce rates? Who do you think is behind the problems facing families in the day and time in which we live? The devil. Our guest expert today is helping folks understand their roles in marriage and how to help them identify and fix problems to save their marriage. Our guest today is Felix Mathel. He started out in life as an orphan at age 11 or 12, and, and he had been praying for God to heal his mother but she died. After that, he wanted really nothing to do with God for a while. But you know how God has other plans, right? Amen. After getting married, he has led to the Lord. He now serves him with all his heart. Glory to God. Felix is the president of the Marriage Sharing Corporation, a Christian marriage counseling and coaching service. In addition to being a Christian marriage counselor and coach, he's also the author of a great book, 20 Common Marriage Problems, a guide and workbook for Christian spouses. Help me welcome to the program, Felix Matthew. Felix, it is a blessing to have you on the program today, brother. I've been looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. Thanks for having me. And I've heard very a lot of variations of my name. I think I just heard a different one. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's police. 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 Police Matthew. It's Matthew. I, I get it. I, I get it all the time. Amen. Amen. Yep. I'm sorry I about that. Died. Well, the first question <laughs> I always start with is this. Other than that brief information that I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Felice Matthew? Uh, well, the short story is I'm an orphan that really loves marriage, that's fought like heaven to get where he is, to be in a position to serve marriages and to do as well for his life. And to my last what I want to do is serve marriages and and disciple young adults in the next generation. That's that's what makes sense of the pain of me growing up. That's a short story. Mm-hmm. the the longer The longer story is my mother did HIV when I was twelve. I'd be in school uh, learning about HIV, and then I'd come home for the year leading up to. I'd see these symptoms, you know, appear to her. That's one that I vividly remember is. You know, I was I got off the school bus, walked down long dirt road, opened the door to the trailer where we lived, and my mom was in her purse and she was dressed and she had a big old knot on her neck. And I was like, Hey Ma, I seen this knot. Then we went ended up going to the hospital. 
not too long after that, she died. I never knew my real father, never even saw a picture of him. My wife forced me to do ancestry, DNA, all that stuff. She even forced me to do like a Facebook post. I'm an orphan. Can my family please find me? Essentially, that's how I felt. She forced me, right? I know she meant well, but I, you know, I didn't find anyone. I think I might have found a second or a first cousin percent. I don't know. But um I I don't have any blood relatives that I know of. The last blood relative that I had was my grand my stepfather was murdered in Haiti like a month after my mom died. And uh my grand uncle died of diabetes like after that. So within a year I became an orphan. Stayed only blood relative that I personally know is my two year old son from a, a fourteen year marriage. So my life was really shaped by relationship. At 13, in my mind, what I really, really, truly believed was if I died, that's the bloodline. So I felt really compelled to study relationships, study marriages, in hopes of getting married, staying married, and having six children. Now, got me in my mouth with the six kids. You know, he gave me wisdom. But uh, I do have one child. (laughs) And uh, I think that's enough. I think God is good with this one. His name is Christian. Chris Matthew and uh, I serve. I hope to serve other families, you know, in the way that God has called me to serve. Amen. Now you're also a poet of the word. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I started as. I didn't know I was called to be a marriage counselor until years, <laughs> years later. Years later, I started off as a poet. Amen. Actually. It was just questions I had, um, questions that I had about love, questions that I had about reality. I see these relationships, and I was wondering to myself what love was and the relationship was meant to be. And I remember one day, it was a week where I said, I'm not watching TV. No, I'm not watching TV. It's a silent assassin, you know, <laughs> trying to be productive. I was trying to do something with my life. And. I remember that week, I didn't watch TV. I was bored out of my mind. You know, I didn't have money to go out. It's not like I had a vehicle. I was probably staying with some friends, and and I just ended up picking up an NIV Bible that, you know, a friend of mine had given me, and I just reading, and that's when my first poem came to be. And it was, if you listen to the poem, it's just me trying to figure out love, and not just love from anybody's perspective, but from God's perspective. And that's what the poem, um, life, and and this poem to this day is probably the, one of my most memorable poems. Every time I recite it, some the response is just it has to be godly, you know, mm-hmm. ordained. Because I'm man, I didn't know this would have this type of response, but a lot of people resonated with it. Amen. But um, share it with something us. like share yes, sir. Uh, many people are under the misconception. Many people are under the misconception that love, that's that's just a game that you should never do your best in. Real love has no pain, has no worries, has no stress in that love is taken for granted instead of a blessing. But trying to ask yourself a series of questions, is love really a chore? Is love destined? Does love have that chooses many lessons or love a secret that has many confessions? Love has no guidelines, but it's often misunderstood. It's said to be blind, but doesn't it just to see good? 
Love is as into the raging fire in our thoughts and our speech and our actions at the wood. See, love starts as a small, surrounds itself around flammable objects. In other words, you first like, then find reasons why you like, and your flame is ignited. It's not just a statement, so why deny it? It's a never-ending battle, so how do you fight it? Love has no... You can lie to yourself, but other people won't buy it. See, love breaks into your hearts a riot. There's a commotion between your emotions. That's current like the waves in the ocean to describe what this feeling is that I'm feeling. If he broke it down and thought about what it was or what it should, would it be as appealing? See, love has a base, but love doesn't choose a race. Love doesn't have specific tastes, doesn't set specific dates. Shown should be reflected, but once we're in love, isn't love and common sense neglected? Real love synonymous to lust is not how often you get arrested. Real love is when everyone in the proximity is affected to the point where jealousy, which comes from gossip and leads to, to hatred, is rejected. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Peace, I've been in love, and love ain't nothing but I hear what you're saying. But if you choose who you loved and who loved you, why wouldn't it be the same? Especially when choices that we make to women is selfish and is for personal gain. Our thoughts must be rearranged. And then and then can we cleanse our souls and remove that sinful stain? The purpose of this poem is not just to have you listen, but listen. The purpose of this poem is not just to have you listen, but the purpose of this poem is to get you to think God's love and to be an example of definition. That poem came from the NLV Bible. I was just reading, trying to figure out what love was and and I tell you, one of the most memorable performances I had was that poem. I went to form at a place in Orlando, Florida called the AA Lounge. Anybody in Orlando, AA Lounge was amazing. They had live. They had a great host, a great atmosphere. People just came. It was true poetry. Really cussing. There wasn't really um, people talking sex or anything. It was just trying to relate. Emotions that they kept inside, and you'd have new poets, seasoned poets. You, it's just a place where it was for a lot of people. And I remember this poem. I'm nervous, you know, and I'm oh, this sucks. And and I I wrote first last line on the poem, and there was a line. I'm walking down the stage. There was a line formed, and I'm over here trying to get to the left. I I didn't know they were waiting for me. <laughs> I had old people had people that would be. Thugs, you know, with dreads and gold teeth. I old people with a cane, white, black, and they said, "Man, it's like I heard God when you said." And that spoke to me. I'm like, "Really? Oh, huh. man!" So I took the poetry and I performed for a while. I did, po I did weddings, I did festivals, I did, you know, I, I did a lot of things for free. Yeah, yeah. right. Just yeah. the 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 to give that people. And then, and and then, right there, disembodied me as a marriage count. And it wasn't until you know, Mister Nate, who was uh, a leader of a small group of our church in Orlando, he said, "You ever thought about being a marriage counselor?" And then that's when that door opened up. But originally, I was trying to be, become a big time poet. Amen. 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 Well, what's the difference between a marriage Christian marriage counselor and a Christian marriage coach? It's the a Christian marriage counselor is more involved with your 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 mental disorders, your history, your past, 
And originally that's the path that I was going to take, but to hear me say this a lot. I really love marriages. I really, I really want to serve and that's my calling. That's what makes sense of the trauma and the pain. Well, there's two reasons why I don't really want to become a marriage counselor. One, because of how the state is defining marriages in that battle, right? Between faith's definition of marriage and the state's definition of where I want to play that game. Do you, you know, we live in a free where you have the right to do whatever you want. People have disagree. So I don't want to play that argument. I, that's not my, I, I don't want to waste my time with that. Two, I think the most the way of actually saving marriages is a couple fellowshipping with along your marital journey. Well, as a marriage, if you come into my office, I can't have a relationship with you outside the office per law. They could revoke my licensure. So I was kind of deterred from as a marriage coach. I still have the master's degree. I still have the skills, but the focus is not to dive so much into your past or to mental disorder. The focus is to help you develop a skill. Just like you have a basketball coach or a football coach or finance. My goal now is not to really dive into how you got there. I have a network that I refer you to. My goal is to help you deal with the number one problem that I've observed since age 13 in marriage, just poor communication. So as a marriage coach, I don't have to play those games and those political and those laws. I have psychoeducation. I can also train my experience, my clinical training to develop uh, godly communication skills. So that's that's the difference. In short answer, more concerned about the past. The other is more concerned about developing the skill and the result. Okay. Are most problems in marriage caused simply by a lack of communication? <laughs> I think that's the root cause in a lot of problems. Of course, if I was, you know, let me backtrack because I know there's some theological that's going to say, no, all the causes are sin. <laughs> yes, yes. Every problem in humanity is caused by sin. But I don't think you're really doing, uh, I don't think we're really doing any justice to marriages. The problem is the sin. I don't think that really offers any solutions. Right. But now let's go a little deeper. Manifest itself in a lot of different ways. Right. Well, one of the ways it manifests itself greatly is education. You ever heard of pride? You ever heard of lying? <laughs> so that's education where those sins are manifested. So, yes, I think the root cause of a lot of problems in marriages by far is, is, is poor communication. We can talk about mental disorders and trauma. Sure. By far. If we're not talking about the extremes, communication absolutely is, is the number one problem. I know, you know, finances figure a lot in marriage problems, you know, causes arguments and all that. How can a couple navigate this issue without feeling like they're being, you know, quote unquote, nickel and dime to death? I, I'll do you one better. I'll give you a, a concept that you can apply to any problem, right? Whether it's finances, disrespect, whatever it is, it's the same concept. And it comes from Mark 10, 8. No longer two, but what? One flesh. A lot of problems happen because this person, let's let's take your financial example. Maybe this person wants to ball out. Now they want to, oh yeah, they want to buy. They don't want a budget. They don't want anything. That's their, right? This is their worldview. This person is frugal, right? So now what does the Bible teaches that when you become what? One flesh. 
what ends up happening a lot is this person's world tries to tug a war to their side. This person from this world tries a war for you to come to us from this. So it's not one flesh. It's not a merge of souls, expectations, ideas, feelings, desires. It's not emerging. It's war. You could replace finances, sex. You could replace finances with how you raise the kids. You could replace finances with where you take vacations. How it's the same exact concept for over 20 years, seriously. Even before I knew I was called a marriage counselor, for over 20 years, my desire as an orphan was how do I make relationships last? What's the number one problem? What leads to divorce? And all the time, saw this tug of war between couples and understand the other person's worldview a way for them to coexist one or the other or both couples try to dominate try to control i think that's an example from the beginning isn't it yeah. god gave us yeah. all this stuff and said hey just don't touch this we wanted to take life into our own hands instead of following god we driving to work forget the speed limit i'm late the understand why'd you give me a speeding ticket i want control of this world right i don't want to do house chores i don't give you sex here i don't want to be this and that i don't want to do that i want to do it in my world basically my world this is how it should go in fact wrong if you don't agree with this world who are you if you loved me you would all of these control and manipulations happen because it's not a fan of worlds and ironically, we understand this concept in business, though, don't we? We understand the concept very well. I give you 40 hours. You give me this pay. Okay, you can coexist. I don't agree with all your corporation does. You don't agree with me. I'm not a perfect worker. But we just, because we have this mutual contractual understanding. But marriage is not a contract. It's a covenant. It's way deeper. The merging of souls happens on a way deeper level. I promise you, this is going to be the message you hear today and when I'm 99 with three teeth, because I really believe that it's the key to a lot, lot of solutions to common marriage problems. Amen. It really is. Amen. Amen. You know, no two marriages are ever the same. You know, every marriage will have its, its own set of challenges. But how can couples face these challenges with a goal of supporting each other and maintaining that loving relationship despite their differences? That's a great question. And I go through this in our workshops and I go through it through our workbooks. The blueprint is, is simple. X is where you need a coach or you need a workshop or a counselor, pastor. But essentially what we teach in our, in our workbook is this one, both, and this is all biblical. Both couples have an individual relationship with Jesus. Whether you're married or single, you should be having an individual relationship or relationship with Jesus. Why is that important? Well, I believe scripture teaches that we're blind to our sins. We're blind to our faults. We're blind to our imperfections. It's easier, even clinically, I can give you some. It's easier for us to believe that we're great. We're awesome. We're smart. We're strong. We're beautiful. Nobody has to convince you of that. It's hard for someone to say, hey, you got a booger right there. <laughs> it's hard. And that metaphor is, is a way of saying it's hard for people to tell you 
you know, no offense, everybody, you know, but it's hard for us to hear the truths about our, it's hard, it's hard, right? From the clinical perspective, some people fight or flight response as if a gun was put on when they're getting criticism, Mm -hmm. their world cannot handle that, right? So you have a personal relationship with Jesus, it becomes easy, right? Because you may be trying to judge the Bible. I was judging you a million times more than you can judge it. So a relationship with Jesus helps you to be aware of your sins, of your sins, and gives you an opportunity to work on it. That's one. That's the first step that we teach, that awareness. The second step now is understanding, right, what Jesus teaches about marriages. You're a Christian. What what does Jesus teach about marriage? Because a lot of times we have these feelings, expressions, experiences, all this stuff that the Bible doesn't teach at all. For example, it doesn't teach that marriage is about making you happy. Of course, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be happy in marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not pr- promoting a sad, miserable marriage. But the primary focus of marriage is not happiness. That's not what the Bible teaches. The number one thing, I believe, is to be example to the covenant relationship, the heavenly unit between Jesus and the church. It was about making them better. They're so better. That's one of the primary focus. Then we could talk about procreation. People make the scene now that marriage is about happiness. So now here's the trap with that. And here's how Satan uses that. What makes you happy an hour ago, sir, doesn't be the next hour. What made you happy a week ago doesn't make you happy the next week. Mm-hmm. So on. So now you're trying to drink the ocean. It's impossible to stay married if you're trying to make someone happy. Impossible. So now you divorce because you're not happy. The Bible never talked about happiness as far as that's the main primary focus of marriage. So first step, personal relationship with Jesus. You become more aware. Second step, what does God teach? And then step is learning how to merge those worlds. And that's what we, we try to practically help people do in the work, workshops. Amen. Amen. Well, how do you help people in your organization? I mean, is it online or retreats or office visits? How do you accomplish or accommodate your clients that, that come to you for help? Well, we from workshop. Right now we're doing it online and we're looking, you know, form some relationships, some long-term relationships and raise missional support. So we can, what we're doing online to offline, you know, where the need is but right now primarily we do it online we have a marriage on instagram i had a married i have a marriage one on instagram too but i parted ways with that but you can still check that out and see content we created right now we're mostly focused on sharing which is our nonprofit, our 503 nonprofit. it's on instagram and 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 that's that's how we're helping right now and once we can raise enough donations we want to take it offline to different places and give these workshops and organizations or churches. And we definitely want to promote the workbook because with or without, if someone just takes the workbook and prayerfully with the Holy Spirit, really ask them to show them the truth about themselves, like look in the mirror. I think the workbook standalone would allow people to work through their problems. I really do. Amen. Well, before we wrap up, let's take a minute to talk about your book, 20 Common Marriage Problems, a guide and workbook for Christian spouses. Why did you write this book and why publish it now? 
Well, like I said, studying marriages since 13, studying relationships since 13. You know, I, I quote Albert Einstein, comparing me to him at all, but this quote resonates with me. You know, it's not that I'm a smart guy, it's that I stuck with longer. Right? So, how true that is for any of us. We stick a long time, you become informative about that stuff. Yeah. And and since I was 13, there's 20 marriage problems that I, I often seen in relationships. And the solution to that is really through developing communication skills, godly communication skills. So I wrote that book. I was inspired by an article I read from marriage.com, and it was called 20 Common Marriage Problems. And for our website on marriage.com, which is a, a resource we created for the Christian community, because when you know when we when we when we got married 14 years ago, we didn't have anything online that was address common marriage problems. So we created that from an inspiration from from an inspiration from their article, and then I kind of thought about what I noticed growing up. I put it into my own article to kind of mimic you know the template that I had. So I believe that um, through that workbook, it gives us a practical system. To, how to work poor communication. People say they have poor communication and they'll they'll say these mods or these quotes and that's cool, but there is a system in place to how you deeply effective communication. And I think this work achieves that. Amen. Amen. And all of the information we talked about and more uh, that we discussed today, it's all in your book too, right? In the workbook, I believe so. I don't think I put our yeah. website in. I okay. think the website was being the at that time that the workbook was created. But ah. please feel free if you're looking for free Christian marriage resources that cover anything from single life to dating life to marriage life and a whole bunch of other resources. Check out marriagesharing.com. That's where you can find over 100 articles, questions, and we're going to be putting our podcasts on there. My wife and I started a podcast on there. Amen. But I think they're yeah. in the workbook is, is, is mostly just for the workshop. Okay. And how can someone order your book? Is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. Uh, the workbook's on Amazon. You could also go to marriedisone.com and get it there. Okay. Well, Felice, this is so interesting and definitely so needful in, in this day and time we find ourselves living in today. If someone has a question or like get more information, maybe do an interview like this. How can they do that? Give us your contact information again. You can reach me at Felice, that's F-E-C-E, at marriedisone.com. It's just on our marriage sharing Instagram page, or you can just from the contact form on marriagesharing.com. You can also reach me at Felice Matthew on Twitter or Felice Matthew on Facebook. All right. I'll put links all this in the show notes down below. Uh, folks, if you're currently needing services like Felice has been describing, or you know of someone who could benefit from these services, drop down the show notes, reach out to them. Amen. You never know how God will work. But I do know one thing. You were listening to this program today for a reason. Amen. There was a God-ordained plan for you to be listening right now. On the recording, you know, doesn't matter when it was, when the recording was and how long it's been, you're listening to us right now for a reason. 
So, glory to God. Drop down the show notes. Reach out to Fleece right now while you're thinking about it. Ask your questions. See if what he's put together will be a blessing to you or someone you know. Amen. And be sure to order his great book, 20 Common Marriage Problems, a guide and workbook for Christian spouses. Praise God. Felice, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule today to join us today, brother. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Felice, Matthew, and myself, this passed about reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.